With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Manchester United under Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Hello, welcome to United Hour, your official redcafe.net podcast for all things Manchester United. My name's Imran. I'm Colin. And yeah, we're coming to you with a special Europa League edition. Now we're in the semi-final, we thought we'd take this one a bit seriously. Usually we don't come back after these games, but I think a semi-final and a 6-2 win over Roma is... Yeah, I was going to say, we're in the final. Well, well, let's come on now. <laughs> come on now. We don't know how, how far our semi-final hoodoo actually goes. I mean, it, that's true. If we bottled this, then we re- that really would be a thing, wouldn't it? But that would be spectacular stuff, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I mean, six two would recording moments after the full time whistle, an incredible game, really. One probably one of our entertaining games of the season. Our second six two of the season as well, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Um, calm initial reaction after that game. Happy enough. Um, good day at the office. It was an amazingly frustrating first half of football and then uh, an amazingly enjoyable second half of football. Overall, I thought it resembled quite a lot of Sunday league games I viewed um, in both quality and style. Like It was just a crazy game of football. I thought Roma were absolutely garbage. They were really bad, especially at the back. And you like, I felt bad for Chris Smalling in a way because kind of when he left, everyone was like, oh, but he's doing really well at Roma. And then you'll see him today and you just think... That defense is an absolute shambles. <laughs> absolute shambles. <laughs> it was crazy. And the funny thing is, we matched them in being that bad in the first half. Really, after I'd, I thought about a good start for about ten minutes, and then after that, some awful circumstances happened to concede those two goals, and it really seemed to knock us. But I'm glad the second half we were able to reestablish what was quite clear, and that was that we were the better team. Obviously, yeah, it was a weird one because, like, often you get you go behind against a poor team, and it's frustrating. But Roma was so bad. That at no point did you think we, we we can't get back into this game. I think I said we need to score at least we need to go at least have four goals when they were two one up. I thought we have to score three more to like put it comfortable. And it's like I said that with the full realization that we could easily do that if we like just put our chances away. Just because they were so bad, like how yeah. they got to a semi final. I don't. How did they beat Ajax? Yeah, 
Uh, well, apparently, I didn't. I never watched that game, but apparently they were lucky to beat Ajax, and you can see why they were they were pretty abject. And I mean, we we came out pretty hot for a change. I mean, we usually lament our slow start, but we were right on it mm-hmm. and uh, scored an absolutely fantastic. Actually, before we get to Ugh. the goals, we should probably talk about our lineup. Would you say that's Would you say that's our Ollie's first eleven now? Uh, for big games, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, for big games, I think it is, particularly because. It, I think it sort of allows him, in his view, to have his cake and eat it in the context of having Pogba as that extra creator and having him unshackled from uh, some of his own defensive liabilities, which is a definitely a really good thing. He also then can pick McFred, which is just his favourite partnership uh, on the earth, rightly or wrongly. I know that's probably going to pick up a bit more momentum this week that people will um, become increasingly, I think, a little bit frustrated with that. And it slightly shafts Rashford out to the right, which is a problem, but I don't think that's an insurmountable problem. I think he thinks Rashford can still be effective there, um, which is a bit harsh on him and certainly didn't go well for him today. But I do think in any game of any consequence, it's very ho- it would be very hard for Ole not to lean on that formation because you also get the experience of Cavani and Bruno in his proper position and you just know you're going to be pretty solid or you should be pretty solid with that uh, purring at six. So... I think until Greenwood kind of grows into the team even more and until we kind of get an actual fix for the centre midfield, I could see him relying on that, certainly for the rest of the big games this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pogba was fantastic again today. And I, 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 what I do like, I mean, it, is left wing his position now is another question as well, because he has been incredible out there. And like you said, free of defensive responsibility is just able to do his stuff and not only that it gives you it gives you a left winger who defenders have to worry about and although Rashford isn't as good as on the right winger you can't defenders can't ignore Rashford like no, even tonight not. like not his best game but he was really attacking it, their defenders know, it's slightly tough on Rashford but like gun to your head must win game would you rather have Pogba on the left winger or Rashford on the left wing but I'd rather have them both on the pitch and if that's the way to do it then yeah you know it's, it's a tough ass like Pogba really is extremely good and I think it gives teams a real problem and I also think it brings out some fantastic play from Luke Shaw, which you know doesn't not happen with Rashford in front of him. But I do just think it's another clever player for him to link up with there. But I imagine it being extremely difficult for teams because he doesn't play like a left winger essentially, which means you know your typical right back and centre back will not be asked the same questions by Paul Pogba as they will by a Rashford or someone else. You know, mm. taking down the outside stuff like that. And yet, as a left winger, there's very little pop up we can't do on a football pitch. Obviously, I'm pretty sure you could play him centre back. He'd probably still look like an absolute Rolls Royce. But it works well. I, I don't think I would ever be too disappointed to see him line up there. You know. Yeah, but I guess the, with Pogba, he might get upset about. But I don't think I don't think he would actually. I think he enjoys being out there. I think he'd be happy but, enough. Yeah, know? especially but, if it's working. You know, and he's and he's getting involved at the sharp end of the pitch and like. Even tonight, he drifts so much and he, and he in the transitional phases, he drops right into sort of midfield anyway and he's kind of just slightly centred to the left, which has always kind of been that thing that's thought to be his his best. Even if he's in a midfield, it should be a midfield three with him off the left or something like that. People often think he'd be super good in a diamond off the left. So he just kind of gravitates towards that area of the pitch and this just allows him to be a wee bit higher up the pitch. But like he's not hugging the touchline by any stretch no. of the imagination. Which is funny because people often lamented our right side being that problem where we, are, we play attacking midfielders on our right wing like Matter or whoever and then they drift inside and then you don't have the natural width and yet we've got Pogba on the left doing that exact same thing but he's such a good player that he does it to great effect like he, the target yeah, he has I mean, he, he can do it 
he gives you so many other good things that I think you don't maybe miss it that much. And also, I think Luke Shaw just does such a tremendous yeah. job down that left flank that he can really cover. And, and almost it's like a foil because as Pogba pulls in and pulls in and pulls in, the defensive shape of the team comes with him. And that actually gives Shaw tons more room to kind of gallop into and to exploit that doesn't necessarily get picked up. And I think can hit them even harder that way. Whereas sometimes with an out-and-out winger, they and the left back can kind of get on top of each other a little bit and and be kind of occupying the same space. Whereas I really think Pogba drifting in a little Mm. kind of helps him just have that because like Luke Shaw is genuinely in world's best left back territory without a shadow of the doubt. You know, his his production, I read a stat that he's created as many chances from open play as Messi in 2021. Like it's just absolutely crazy the kind of joy he's getting down that left flank. So I'm quite happy just let him, let him dominate that channel, you know. So gun to your head. Is Pogba here in five months? I think he is. I think he's here past the summer. I think I'd be really surprised if he wasn't. Um, And that's obviously a a bit of a turnaround. I thought he was definitely going with regards to another kind of jilted season with injury and things like that. Obviously, he had a tough time with COVID. Raiola was doing Raiola things. Um, Pogba's brothers, he wasn't necessarily saying the best things, which is probably going to be always be part and parcel of having Pogba at the club. But... I don't see a buyer form necessarily. I don't see teams having the money for him. Yeah, no one's going to afford him, are they? That's another thing. And it's, you know, it's likely going to be a window where teams are very focused on other big signings. You know, two number nines, Kane and Haaland, that are going to go for money, probably. And the likes of Sancho's, who are definitely going to be available. We already have teams making agreements for centre-backs, Liverpool and and Bayern, kind of hoovering up those players. So... And, you know, we know from the recent ESL chat that some of the historical big clubs ain't exactly flush with money right now. And, and we're maybe banking on that somewhat to kind of uh, maybe make the conversations with bankers a little bit easier before the summer. So I actually do think he'll stay. I also think he visibly looks much happier at United. Mm. He sees a team in progress. If we were to finish as a strong second and win Europa League and show some sort of intent in the transfer market, I don't know why he would want to go anywhere else. We're back in the Champions League. We're, we're looking good and certainly on an upward trajectory. I'm sure we'll offer him a ton of cash. Um, and nowhere else, I think, is a is a given. He won't move within the league. Real, Barca, you know. Juventus PSG, is the maybe. only one or Bayern, but I can't, I can't see it. Yeah, it's just difficult to see now. So I think he will be. And like over the last few weeks, no Pogba, no party. So, yeah. you know. And, and and to replace him, Imran, like if, if he goes, like like people are talking about Donny van der Beek getting the time to step up. I don't really see that myself. But like who in world football, even if you had unlimited funds, would you replace him with? Like he's such a unique player. Well, I mean, it's a turnaround because I think about what, 12, maybe 12, I don't know, 12 months ago, however long ago, I'd have, I'd have happily driven Pogba out of Old Trafford, I think. Mm-hmm. But luckily, when you're on a podcast, you can pretend you never said those things ever in life. Yeah, and you've always been no a big fan of Paul whatsoever. And yeah. that you've always wanted him to stay. And this is, I mean, when, when Pogba plays like this, there's, I mean, today, he did give a penalty away, which we'll get to. And like, he's given penalties a bit before, and you've been, oh, that's, that's really annoying. But today, I was like, well, you know, he's playing so well that who cares? Like, it's, I mean, after the 90 minutes, yep, that's a good opinion to have. At halftime, possibly not, although he was still very even, good in the first half as well. Yeah, you know, exactly. he, I wasn't, he really was. You know. I was more like that, some pogs. He completely made the first goal as well. I mean, yeah. the first goal is a beautiful goal in terms of Cavani's little touch. It's brilliant. The finish is absolutely amazing. But Pogba has to skin about four players and use strength. You know, quite quite like what you were saying about the Leeds game is exactly why you want him on the pitch in certain, in certain instances because no one else does that for us. Yeah. You know? That, well, that's that's what I wanted to get to that first goal. I mean, Smalling comes out, and Smalling's no 
small man, small no, comes exactly. right up behind yeah. him, yeah. almost tries to foul Pogba, and Pogba just brushes him off, rolls him like he's not even there. And that's that's what I say. We thought we were missing against Leeds, just someone who, when the man comes in on you, you can roll them, and then you're away, and then that's smalling out of that defence then. And then we can have the third man run after the Cavani pass, which was a, a great pass from Cavani. Cavani was sensational today. I just love that man. But, yeah. um, and then a, a fantastic finish. A, a brilliant goal, really, all round. And yeah, started with Pogba, finished by Bruno. And then we were off. And I mean, it's a, just a great goal, great finish. And from there, you're thinking, well, this could be a nice, uh, relaxing semi-final for a change. But yeah. Particularly because before the goal, we we dominated. I thought from mm. the start for the, that first ten minutes, it just looked like we were so clearly the better team. We started with a lot of positivity. We completely hemmed them in, and the other thing was that they were trying to kind of sit in and soak up pressure. But we were creating gaps and chances, and we were moving the ball about nicely. And then when they did get it and break out, it seemed like every single pass was just this rush effort, out for a throw in or straight to no one. Mm. And I thought, like this is really they just have nothing for us here. And then it just kind of all turned on its head <laughs> for. For no apparent reason, you know? Yeah, well, that was the penalty, which a lot of people were upset about, but I did think it was a penalty just by what I the ru- by what the rules yeah. are. by what these And I don't think the rules are great. I think the rules are a bit dumb. But yeah. with what these rules are, with where your hand's, like, unnatural or above your shoulder height, I can, I can't, I can only see the ref giving that as a penalty, to be honest with you, nowadays. Yeah, I mean, the rules definitely are dumb, but in this context, I think it's pretty much bang on, even in... I don't even think that's silly. I think that's a penalty at any time. I think what you're saying then is like you, the manner in which he leaps in is is not normal. It's no. he doesn't have to raise his arms in that way. He almost raises them twice. Like the arms are kind of up, and then he raises them even further as he completes the kind of yeah. lunge. Which I always think when that ball's coming in, you just want to put your body across. You're not really tackling. Mm. You're just trying to create a bit of a block, a wall to stop the thing coming in, but. You know, in this day and age, you have to have your arms tucked in or at least by your sides. And I don't think that would slow his momentum. Like, he doesn't have to launch into it with arms akimbo. Um, so I think you can only, you know, it's just a silly one, really. It's it's not like, I don't think you put too much blame on Pog before. No. It's just a thoughtless just moment, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so... yeah, you know. And the ball still has to bounce up and hit his arm. Like, it is just unlucky. But I don't think you can have too many complaints no. like that it's a penalty or not. If, if it was his right arm, because... The left arm is which, which which what it hit. That can go onto your body when you're sliding like that. The other arm yeah. is hard to go under your body. So if that was up, yeah. then then yeah, it's also just that, weird. Be... It's it's rare you see both arms in unison yeah. flying up. Oh, going, yeah, it's a it's a weird. I always one. think the one that always gets me sometimes is when someone slides and they finish sliding, but their arms are trailing behind them essentially, and yeah. they kind of slid past the ball, and then the ball touches the arm, and that's quite harsh because it is supernatural to kind of want to be you're sort of almost starting to halt your slide yeah because you don't want yourself your, down with and you your don't arm. want your left that arm underneath your body because then you no, can hurt yourself exactly and roll so, it over exactly yeah. so that's kind of always natural i always think those ones are harsh but pogba today nah and nah. you know does, does um, dean henderson save the penalty no. i don't know imran probably no, he does come on <laughs> <laughs> i mean i saw a couple of comments on on red cafe like oh dear Needs to do, but I was like, come on now. De Gea's not saying, no one's saving that penalty. It's a great penalty. No, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's De Gea's not a great shot stopper at penalties. We know that, but he's not saving that one. Um, yeah, no, he's not. A couple, I think Scolzi at halftime did mention about the poor throwing, but that happens. And it was a poor throwing by Mambasako. He's not a great thrower, but that happens so far up the pitch. I always think, like, if you're doing something that far up the pitch and there's a lot of football to go, I don't think you can really be. Pointing it's one of those things it. where we see so often that throw ins are actually some of the most throw ins in corners. Clearing the first man on a corner or successfully completing a throw-in is actually quite challenging for a lot of Premiership footballers, and I think that's quite inexplicable to a lot of uh, fans and watchers. 
because it really shouldn't be difficult. And yet, as you say, we see it so much that mm. it's almost to the point where you, you just stop criticizing people for it. It's like a foul throw, even you're just like, how can that actually be a thing that happens? But it does. I mean, um, Valencia and, got away with foul, foul throwing for about five years. So, yeah. like, so it's just it's just one of those things that you just can't come to accept. And I agree with you when something happens so far detached from you know the end result. How many instances in that phase of play were there to, yeah. to change that? You know, quite a few. And um, why that happened? You know, like when you're playing Sunday league football, right? You get a throw in. What do you do? Everyone goes to the line. You line up. You hurl it down the line. Why does no, <laughs> why, why does that not happen at the top of the game? Come on now. Well, I'm glad it doesn't. It even annoys me when it happens in Sunday league. I, mean, I don't know what kind of Sunday league you're playing in, but I'm very much of the school of thought that your midfielder should be shown and you should be keeping the ball on the deck as soon as possible. Nonsense. But however, all it takes is a fake run or two and then someone to show five or six yards away and immediately give it back to the person who's thrown it the problem the first touch like that that is all that ever has to happen in a throw and i don't know why we make it so difficult mm. no what it needs is the big man up top and get him down the line i mean that's what romo were doing today <laughs> that's who you are in this example they were hurling it to jacko who was then just insta losing it like I, it's such I a depressing a sorry you know. for jacko he's a man who can't move and he's just really tall <laughs> just like... stack up on the big man 30 yards down the line like it's just a it's a it is a Sunday big thing. To be fair, his um, statuesque form did help him on the second one. He was in the right place at the right time for their second goal, which I, was a very it was a good move from them, to be fair. Very nice reverse inside pass. I was a yeah. little bit annoyed at Fred for just having no clue what was going on around him and no man behind him. And then Shaw played on the, the runner-on side, which, to be fair, I think Shaw probably Shaw and Maguire probably both. I think because it's Europa League, the tight offsides don't exist. So I think he probably would have yeah. got away with it. Um I thought it was it was a good goal from them. I was a bit disappointed with Fred, but sometimes you say good goal. Yeah, it was a good goal. I think it, you're right in that it was one of those ones where I think you can't even overanalyze it too much because it was just a, an odd circumstance that kind of arose from a break and then a very neat bit of play. You know, the ball from Mkhitaryan. Jekyll's run was fantastic just to get that little pocket of space behind Fred. And once he's in there, you're you're struggling. You're largely beaten. I don't blame Shaw too much for being, you know, half a step behind Maguire. I thought the most infuriating part of it for me was that the first runner, I don't know why it was Pellegrini or who it was, but they pick it up on the halfway line and Lindelof's right with them immediately. Now Lindelof is dropping and dropping and dropping and I appreciate he doesn't want to get beaten mm. and then the person's potentially through on goal he does have runners, Maguire and Shaw, coming in from the sides. But Lindelof just sits off him and drops and drops and drops and drops and drops and lets him run it from the halfway line into our penalty box before making an effort at kind of stopping him. Now, to be fair to Lindelof, he does actually kind of usher him out, and then it's Pellegrini who turns back inside, gives it to Mkhitaryan, and it's then the, the lack of kind of Fred or McTominay or Pogba kind of getting back in while Masak is miles up the pitch. And they kind of have that space to then work in. But I just think you can drop to an extent, but you have to try and impact that before your own box. And it just allows the whole, you know, it, all the play then goes from, a non-dangerous position at the halfway line into the most dangerous position around our box with hardly any any players back kind of thing. So that frustrated me the most about that goal. But that was just that little period where every single clearance seemed to stick on them and they seemed to look quite dangerous mm. on the counter, which I, I didn't actually think they were. I think it was just a little period. And you know that goal, I thought, really knocked us because the rest of the half was super bitty and uh, not good from our perspective. No, and then a couple of challenges, a couple of niggling things yeah. went, and it was just getting a bit, yeah, like you said, a bit bitty. Um, I was just kind of looking around, thinking, how the hell are we two one down in this game? It was completely out Crazy. of like just. Yeah, 
It well, felt like feels- those old Van Hal games where like we would have 70% possession, create no chances, and the other team would go up and the ball would hit someone's arse and fly into the top corner or something like that. It just seemed like there was a period in Manchester United football when any chance any team had against us somehow <laughs> found its way into the goal through yeah. either happenstance or bad luck. or It was never like good play, do you know what I mean? And there was always some odd element to it. And that, it felt like that kind of game where it just bad things were happening to a good team, you know? Well, to be fair, Roma did assist. We weren't really doing much, but Roma did think maybe we should give you a chance, and so they just passed it straight to Edison Cavani for a one-on-one, which you probably should have scored from. Uh, his first touch yeah. took him a bit away from goal, and the keeper did well to close him down, but I thought on the, the rebound he probably should have passed it to Pogba, but it was just stuff like what? that kept happening, and I'm thinking, we're going to get into this. What about Cavani's tribute to Nelly with the face plaster? I thought yeah, that well, was... I mean... I assume he must have got an injury or something, or like a cut. <laughs> he must or... have cut his cheek. Yeah, I think he cut his cheek. I was thinking at first, I like, when I first saw, oh, he probably cut himself shaving. And I was like, who the hell is shaving up there? Yeah, also no. he's got a weird like low beard thing. I don't think he, there's hair growing up there. Yeah, it was an odd one, but he was he was brilliant. Yeah, he well, was, that's what... even in that first half, you know, the chance was missed one hundred percent, and it was frustrating because I certainly have this perception of Cavani that he's some dead eye finisher who just smashes away every single chance. I've been told that's never actually really been no, the case with him, that he's always needed a few chances and he just creates loads of chances from his movement. But his actual, Unless the ball's on his head. Yeah, his actual finishing sometimes leaves a lot to be tired. And we even saw that in this game where he was fantastic. There was that one, which obviously at the time felt a lot greater because we were 2-1 down, but also um, the one from Shaw's pullback in the second half that he absolutely ballooned over on his left foot. Um, mm. But... Like his movement, I thought him and Pogba and Bruno today just seemed to be on such a wavelength. Like Bruno was just, it was, it was, it was a classic Bruno performance that we've sort of seen slightly less lately. Where even his first time passes were just absolutely on the money, and Cavani's touch every time, like the interplay was just phenomenal between them. It really looked so good, and I know there's obviously a lot of wonderment about where he's going to be um, next year and whether that'll be Manchester United. But like on the back of that performance today, I thought he was exceptional. Well, yeah, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, but when he wasn't in the team and he'd just come back and he wasn't wasn't looking at his sharpest. I think we uh, we commented on this pod. We said like, you know, you can go at the end of the season and we'll give him a thank you and a wave, and then we can move on. But I mean, if he's playing like that today, you just want to keep him around, don't you, at the club? I mean, absolutely. I mean, if he's playing like that and we have Mason coming up, I'm not sure that the need for this number nine is as great as as we maybe think it is. You know, if he can do that for another year at least. I firmly believe Greenwood will grow into that next year, no problem. So it's definitely one to look at. Um, obviously, it depends what he wants. Um, mm. But like he, he was genuinely exceptional today, but he barely did anything wrong. And he was dropping in, picking up the ball. Like It was really an all-around, really spot-on number nine performance. Although, again, how bad were Roma like? They yeah. were so bad. They were terrible, but I thought he was. He was just magnificent. And I mean, the comments, they, so they were the comments, obviously, that like I think it was his dad said that he wants to go yeah, back to South said he America. Wasn't happy. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Cavani's actually said that himself. And to be fair, those did come around the time. It was a couple of weeks after the the whole racism, non-racism thing. And he was out, he was injured again. He was out of the team. And you think comments made then versus comments made now will be totally different. Like, totally. He, Basically the Pogba thing all over again. Just yeah. In a shorter in a shorter period of time. That's when also like Martial was at number nine. I don't think anyone in the world thinks Martial's our starting number nine at the moment over Cavani. No. Um, no. So I think Cavani knows that if he wants to stay, that position is his. And ultimately, he's going to win his first... Well, it's like, I'm getting a bit ahead of ourselves, but he may well win his first ever European <laughs> trophy. Like, well, he's was, in the final. We already I'm, know that. So I was trying to think of what Cavani's won. And it's just French Cups, isn't it? French Cups and Leagues. Well, he didn't... Yeah, he didn't win... He, he, 
it was at Napoli and Italy, wasn't it? They really played yeah. with other big teams for PSG and then they just always won that league. So but they never won anything in never won anything in Europe, so no, this will be his, so. his first European trophy opportunity. And you think Champions League again next season, and he's I mean he's not doesn't look like he's slowing down just yet. Um no. so I mean I would happily keep him around now. Again, when you're on a podcast you can just change your tune and everyone has to accept that this is what yeah. you thought all the, all the Absolutely. Whole I'd also before you said his name since he got injured I'd actually genuinely forgotten Martial existed slash played for us until you, you reminded me there now like he just doesn't come into my thinking anymore in terms of that number nine question you know talking about number nines for next year or Greenwood getting better or Cavani staying on like Martial just genuinely has been boxed off in my head and set aside well you think when I saw our when I saw our team and then our full bench there's like oh yes we've literally got everybody available it's great and it didn't yeah, even exactly. occur to it just, me. Yeah, I which mean, there's obviously bad, Phil you know, Jones it, as well, but like, that doesn't yeah, count either. Of course, so. yeah. So it is entering that kind of territory for me. Um, but yeah, it was it was a stunning performance. I'm sure we'll get on to his, uh, his, his opener. But um, the rest of the first half was just... I mean, they got like four players injured and made all their subs in one go. Like, it was just a crazy, weird game. Yeah, football. They, the rain, I thought we looked like we'd never seen rain before. The home <laughs> team in Manchester. Like, well, how does that make any sense? Like, players were just slipping and sliding all over the place McTominay could absolutely not buy a first touch he was absolutely mm. diabolical in that first half and you, like, you'd have it to just wonder, really raucous you'd have to wonder how they'd got on in that City Madrid game <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Um, but yeah I thought Fred and McTominay both were actually really quite poor in this game um, which is saying something considering we saw six goals but yeah I didn't think either of them were particularly good I just thought the strength of Bruno Pogba and Cavani really and, and Luke Shaw down that left-hand side really just made us a bit of a force going forward and they just couldn't handle us. Roma actually uh, were a perfect example tonight of how a three look at back looks really bad. Sometimes, yeah. Like it can look really, really bad with centre-backs just going all over the place and it just looks so disorganised. I then, think they sort of, in, in the first portion, certainly that first half, they, they sat in pretty well and defended okay, although I still think we were making good chances. But... As the game went on, they just abandoned that and it turned into a bit of a basketball game, which just did not suit them like, no. at all, particularly with the lead. You know, even after that, they should have just dug in just to take the two away goals. You know, if they get away with a 2-2, then that's 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 a very good result for them, really. Mm. Even a 3-2, you know, isn't the worst thing in the world. So, but they just, they, it just stayed so open. I was really expecting, particularly after they went up 2-1, I was just expecting this kind of rear guard action, sit in, hit us on the counter. And they just... I don't they were just so naive, up. I thought. Yeah, the, the, the gaps were just all over the place. And it, as you say, it could have been the three at the back. And then it kind of leaves that question of who picks up who and all that kind of stuff. And clearly, as you say, with Bruno, Pogba, Cavani, we were really giving them some some tough questions. But they were just so naive, really, in, in, in the setup. You know, so many gaps there. It just turned into a crazy game. So, half time. Did you want... I mean, I'm often the one screaming for changes when things aren't going wrong. But actually, yeah. I I was kind of like, yeah, I, don't, I can see why we wouldn't want to change this. Um, I could think, I think that maybe the one change, maybe you put Pogba in midfield for one of them yeah. two and then you put Greenwood on. But I could see Pogba was doing some good stuff out on that left. Maybe you don't want to take him off. And oh, they got proven right with this one, I think. Um, we've came out, played real... I mean, this is a fantastic second half from us. Five goals, blew yeah. them away. Just, I mean... One of the better second half performances of the season, along with um, the one from a couple of weeks ago, Spurs. Yeah, um, absolutely. Oh, I got it right. I was, I was right there with you in terms of the early call. Reason being, I thought McTominay and Fred had both been so awful, and we had so much dominance on the ball. 
and we now were going to have to go and create because I did think that Roma would sit in much more than they did. So I felt that Pogba deep would actually be a helpful thing. Also, Rashford was diabolical mm. today, pretty much until he was taken off, even when we were having fun playing great football. He, he really wasn't involved at all. He looked a bit sulky and they were kind of marking him quite aggressively, getting very tight to him and following him out and, and putting in a few harsh tackles and stuff like that. So he really didn't get anything going at all. And I just felt that if you were going to move Pogba back, lose McTominay, bring Rashford over to the left and, and Greenwood on to the right, I did think at halftime that would be a good way to go. But Ole is um, very trusting of his players and not reactionary at all, much to sometimes our um, frustration, I think. So um, he definitely... I didn't expect him to do that. I just wanted him to do that at that time. Reasons why I'm not um, Manchester United's manager, obviously. But as you say, I mean, it couldn't have worked out any better. And I also think that goal on in like I think the like two minutes after the restart, forty seventh, forty eighth minute, something like that, was so huge and turned that around for us. Because I think even if that game, if that second half goes on for 15, 20 minutes, you know, and Roma have something to hold on to later in the game, I think it could have been slightly different. But that that goal, the way it was scored, the the emphatic finish and, and the kind of cutting through them like butter, I thought just opened the floodgate. And, and from that point, I did not think there was going to be any result other than us getting another goal or two. Yeah, that goal came in the 49th minute, so four or five minutes after. Don't listen to Con, it wasn't two minutes. We're all about accuracy here on, uh, on United <laughs> Hour. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I thought the move kind of went. Um, the ball got played into Cavani and he had loads of space. And I thought, right, turn and drive with it. But he didn't. He kind of stopped, held it up, and then played in Bruno. I was like, oh, it's gone now, but what do I know? Them two. Yeah. <laughs> Bruno no, around it, with it. Worked, exactly. It worked out so well. And those two had such a good link during that game. But I also thought Pogba plays the ball through initially, but Cavani's kind of making the run. But I think he checks his run because he mm. thinks he's going to run offside. And that kind of Which he was actually going to. Exactly. So, But it was really clever because most players and a lot of United players, Rashford, Martial, they just keep running. And they yeah. don't, they don't like, think about these things when they're making the runs. But Cavani is not that not that kind of guy. So he realizes it, kind of checks his run and almost spins around to receive the ball. And then he's kind of just stuck with it dead, as you say, and picks out Bruno. But, I mean, after that, it's just... There were so many times we had three-on-twos and four-on-threes and situations like that. And they're not always the easiest situations in football, even though they look super easy. It's very easy to make the bad decision or to overhead a pass or just to not see the person who's visibly in space and the one that you should you should pass to but tonight i thought we barely made a bad decision in those circumstances we were always making that numerical advantage and that space when we got it really count and this was again just a perfect example of bruno driving and driving and driving it up to the point where the defenders are committed and then making a little slip and i mean the finish is just one of those golden ones where it probably could go rose as many times as it goes in but he just catches it on the instep and it absolutely laser beams into the top right hand corner i mean totally unsavable totally emphatic and i think that just that 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 beat roma there and then i think yeah that finish was something else i thought first time open your body up i mean for some reason ball in the top corner looks so much better than a ball in the bottom corner if that had gone in the bottom corner i don't think we'd be i don't think it'd look half as good but top corner absolutely not or even yeah i mean there's just it, it was even the way it just bends in just as if it's nestling you know it's it's destined for that kind of side netting and it was just i mean it's a sublime finish i don't know how much he he's just He's just moving and that all happens so quickly and it's testing to the ball from Bruno as well where he just has to open up the end step and you kind of just walk mm. onto it and you just hope for the best kind of thing and it's it is a stunning finish. Like. And the goals didn't stop there either because we got a penalty soon after which I thought was an absolutely dreadful decision. <laughs> like, Well, we scored before that penalty, didn't we? We scored the 
Oh, the third goal was before that penalty. See, there's too many yeah. goals. When see, this, it, when it, when see it gets... this also recording immediately after games when you're just in a, in a state of shock. I can barely remember. A little peek behind the curtain where the first thing Colm said to me when we got on this call was, I can't remember Cavani's second goal. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to remind him of it and now I forgot it. You had it. to explain it to me and now yes. you've forgotten it. We did, we did score a second goal. Um, a third goal, sorry. Wan Bissaka, um, bullet of a shot, molten hot. Red hot shot, yeah, exactly. Spilled by the keeper, too hot to handle. Red hot Manny. potato, just couldn't do anything with it. He felt bad for the sub goalie. I'm yeah. sure that is not the night he had envisaged when the first one went off with a sore arm. Was it? I don't know what the weird that, dive. It was a very bizarre one. That like, yeah, even, like a... when, even in the replay, it's just like a completely natural kind of fall and dive. And yeah. I guess with a goalie, you don't want to risk it because you can't have him. You know, you can't run it off exactly when the next shot that comes into you blast through you and goes in and you've conceded a goal because your arm doesn't work anymore but just a real odd night for Roma but I did feel some sympathy for their backup goalie who did not make a strong case for the number one jersey no it does it does fill you with confidence when your backup goalie comes up and uh come on and his number is in the 80s I know Italians <laughs> sometimes have weird numbers on their shirts but I think that does fill you with a bit of confidence and yeah. um yeah he didn't he didn't do brilliantly for that chance I had two two favorite things about this was Bruno got fouled in the the build-up and instead yeah. of getting up he just laid on the floor and just watched from the floor <laughs> for a good for a good five or six seconds he just laid there just watching what was going on um, yeah. and the other one was that what I, everyone should do when they've got an open net absolutely hammer it in don't don't <laughs> yeah. tap it in yeah. just yeah. smash it in and that's what cavani did Sw- swing the leg i also i just enjoyed like i honestly thought our mamasaka was rashford for how high he was and then rashford actually pulled into the middle to kind of cover that space and i was like mamasaka is just playing like a right winger this whole game which i actually like i really like it when he presses really high on their fullbacks Mm. i do think he struggles sometimes with the recovery runs in that he just kind of nonchalantly jogs back as seen for one possibly two of their goals but i I think it puts us on the front the front foot i thought we did really press roma extremely well tonight throughout the 90 um but he does well just to receive it and sling in a shot. I think it's I think it's abysmal goalkeeper. I think he's terrible holding that all day every day. Basically, you know, I don't think it's a really threatening shot. I think it's oh, palm it a lot stronger away. Like, exactly, even just put it away. Like it's literally just dropped in the basket for Cavani. Like it's absolutely it's absolutely abysmal. It was just again, I too felt bad for Chris Smalling in the middle of that um, shambolic um, Roma defensive performance because it just at that point again it was just like these these. These guys are beaten like this is just this is simple stuff so great to get that goal and then i think that was like the sixth in the certainly in the 60th minute somewhere 60-ish minutes and um, i'm sure Armand, you'll be able to tell me the exact minute that's my recollection um, uh the penalty was around 55 uh, no no sorry the third goal was around 55 minutes um and then we did get the penalty before that roma probably had their last chance of the game where um who ran in pellegrini was it um, I think it, yeah, it was Pellegrini from a great ball from the right back. That was an absolutely fantastic pass that caught us out Again, completely. Again, just jumped yeah. up the pitch, completely left his man. Uh, and then I thought he should have hit it. I thought he should have went. He should have done. Himself. He was trying to be too cute. Tried to, I can yeah. kind of see it though, because if you, if you get that square, if you square that pass correctly, it's an open net and you're, you're, you're yeah. laughing. But. I mean, we had, we had a sort of similar one with Tomine, except that he was actually shooting and it was on his left <laughs> foot and he just absolutely scuffed it to the fact that it nearly came across for Cavani, but that was a bit of a scare. It was also the Jacko nice header, um, but De Gea wasn't really threatened beyond no. that. But, you know, it was just those those random, again, little sort of freak chances that they were picking up. Mm, but what it did make you think was Roma could actually score here at any point just because of how, like, somehow we were letting them in, even though they're not very good, we were somehow still letting them in and a goal could have 
it was kind of that kind of crazy game where, yeah, they could actually score. It was very actually very similar to the Leeds 6-2 game earlier in the season. Yeah, it was very similar. Um, like, I, I thought we were quite lazy in our defending throughout the 90, to be honest. I thought Wamp, Sack and Shaw were making a lot of hay going forward, but not really being very diligent going back. I think when you play Rashford and Pogba on the wings, you're basically saying, you, you know, our wingers aren't going to help out defensively in any way, shape or form. And then I thought Fred and uh, McTominay, as bad as they were on the ball, were arguably even worse in they were, they were the, back, like the back four. Very little protection. Very little. And then, you know, when you do let all your other players bomb on and you play this high line and you commit to a high press, which I love to see from us, there are occasions rather frequently when Maguire and Lindelof doesn't look like a very strong partnership for that particular brand of football. And that, that was kind of even the case today. As bad as Roma were, they were still able to kind of threaten us quite, you know, consistently enough to be a concern, I suppose, mm. um, across the night, you know? Well, I, think, I wonder if that played into our, maybe our thinking instead of, I mean, we just kept on going for it, didn't we? We didn't, we didn't think at any point we're going to, I don't think at any point we decided to sit back, really. Um, no. We just kept on going for it. And to be fair, you had to. I think if we had just thought 3-2, that's it. That would have been a trick missed because the goals were there to be had today. We went after them and we got them, obviously, 6-2. Yeah. Um, before we continue, we've got we've covered half our goals, so quick pause to talk to you about our sponsor for today, which is obviously Manscaped, as it always is. Yes, we're proud to be sponsored by Manscaped on the United Hour. Uh, big news from Manscaped is they've just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. We know smelling this good could feel... Who knew, sorry, that smelling this good could feel this good too? I, I, I mean, I haven't used cologne in approximately a year because I don't go anywhere. Uh, but when I do, I feel like a Manscaped clone would do wonders for me. Um, so yeah, Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs and you can get 20% off and free shipping with United Hour, as you always can. Yes, go to manscaped.com, United Hour, get your code and get free shipping and 20% off and support the pod. Right. Fourth goal. Penalty. Never a penalty. No. No. I appreciate, you know, there is contact. Cavani slips into the boards. It looks like, you know, a real sore boo-boo and all that kind of stuff. It can't be a penalty. Because then what you're saying is Chris Smalling is not allowed to try and compete for that ball or cover his post or try and make some kind of meaningful impact on that situation simply because he's behind Edison Cavani. Which is... That's that's not what we want for defending. No, it's 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 it's. I mean, often people get annoyed when you know when the striker shoots and then someone wipes them out, yeah. like immediately after, and people get annoyed that that's not a foul. That's fine. That should be a foul. This is not that because Cavani doesn't even get touch the ball, doesn't get anywhere near it, and the contact is so minimal it's and so minimal. just a natural. It's, you know, it's, it's just a natural. Together. Yeah, it's a yeah, natural exactly, coming together. You know? And and you have to remember the speed at which these things are happening. You know, like it's not just slow plodding thing no. these are people running largely as fast as they can in times like that and i appreciate people will say you know well if it happens outside the box apparently i i in my for me and my refereeing what i like things are different in the box than outside of the box sometimes you know hmm. standards can be different at certain times because the situation is different you know someone about to have a shot on goal is not the same as someone just about to play a pass on the halfway line do you know what i mean you, you can as a defender, I think you should be allowed to show a little bit more urgency and a little bit more need to get in front of that. And if that results in some kind of contact after the fact that wasn't malicious or excessive or anything like that, then, you know, 
I think that's fine. I don't want every single touch in the box to immediately be a penalty because you already see the difference in the way players defend in the box. Like there's mm. just this no touch, no fly zone. Do you know what I mean? Like we just we're not allowed to tackle anymore. Essentially, and it's not, it's not great. I mean that one. I was just thinking that's hilarious because I wonder is that a, a foul that would be given in Italy or in a European game? But it was Chris Smalling, and I was just like, he could do that in the Premier League twenty times and never. No, you'd, never you'd never like, get that in the penalty. It just yeah. wouldn't happen. Do you know what I mean? Um, disp- absolutely dispatched by Bruno, but should have been a penalty. Yeah, I feel like maybe Van. Actually, they wouldn't. I would say Van might have overturned. They wouldn't. Have, the, they wouldn't. Because as soon as they done. see that contact, I mean, I was I was like, is that even on the pitch anymore? Where the yeah, contact I was happened? That too, was that close was. to going out? over the byline but it definitely was but as soon as VAR sees that contact I mean VAR's never going to overrule that um, mm. the refereeing was uh, questionable is what, what I would I, say yeah questionable what I would call your typical European late competition Euro ref you know just a bit bit jazzy likes to make a bit of a scene bit of a you know I'm going to be the spectacle here very happy on the whistle but you know pretty varying degrees of consistency but just just kind of didn't let the game flow at all for me, and I, I didn't like it. You know? No, and then the Pogba booking. Pogba got booked for something. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand that one at all. No. And also that the keeper went down holding his face on that one when Pogba, Pogba clearly just touched him on the shoulder. Like it was just, it was, <laughs> it was a bad moment for every adult watching that match. Like it's just a sorry, sorry state of affairs there, isn't it? But yeah, but Bruno dispatched his penalty in a very, very Bruno performance today. You got uh, two assists, you got a penalty, <laughs> and you got a goal. I mean. He's been a bit quiet of late, you could say, but I mean tonight yep. Bruno was very much the Bruno we know and love, and his pa- like you said, his passing today was excellent. Some of his through balls yep. were bang on the money, and often you get a bit annoyed with Bruno and he can mess up that final pass when it seems easier to. But today he really was on it, and he seemed really up for it actually, which is well what we needed to be semi final and all that. Even the ones where he was doing that thing he loves doing, where he's like, hasn't actually taken a touch yet, half spinning around, thinks he's maybe seen something over his shoulder and kind of just swings the leg at it. Normally the ball just, it doesn't, I mean, obviously it doesn't work out all the time, but he, tonight, nine times out of ten, it was all flying exactly where it was meant to be, which was usually to the boot of Cavani. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it was a stunning performance tonight, and it's, it's those kind of freakish numbers that if it was someone else, you know, who'd notched up two goals and two assists, um, you would you'd absolutely lose your mind because of him. You just think, ah, he's back to, back to normal. And I think after the penalty, the the Roma heads really dropped. If they hadn't dropped already, but they were, I think they were beaten then. Um, and yeah, the chances completely. just came. Uh, Shaw set up Cavani. Cavani could have done better. Get his hat trick there. Shaw was magnificent again. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, there's not many more ways that. to say this, is there? That Luke Shaw is brilliant and one of the best left backs around. And just his yeah, first touches, his first touch is everything. His first touch is frightening everyone. Like honestly, it's the best. It's the best in the team, and it's just way way better than a left back should be i know marcelo was always kind of lauded for having you know the kind of brazilian samba first touch all that good stuff but like shaw as a technical footballer is just so good like he's so good he just knows his game inside out now i think if there was anyone in our team who i would want to have the ball while three people converged on him it would be luke shaw and i would completely (laughs) trust him to just keep the ball and be fine with it like that's the thing. It's that kind of mix of his obviously his, his stout um, physicality, but also it's just he's so neat and tidy with his touches. So yeah, he'll just touch turn on a little sixpence, you know. So close to his body every single touch. It's fantastic. Honestly, it's he's... like watching Messi, you know, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's genuinely unbelievable. He's absolutely quality. Um and he was again, he was fantastic tonight. Actually, I'm just starting to get frustrated that people are burying the chances that he is consistently creating, you know. Yeah. He should so, be on a lot more assists this season, to be fair, and he's already got quite a few. Um, yeah. but the chances kept coming and then Pogba with a great header from a great Bruno cross a brilliant first time cross that and exactly what you'd want from a Pogba header right in the corner 5-2 and then that's tied, tied on 
at that point. Completely. Yeah, completely. Oh, they started making a few subs. It was all good. You know, saw Maric again and obviously Greenwood came in. I think Maric came on near the end, didn't he? I'm not that, that summed it's up a nice that's, night. When Matt, lovely exactly, when Matt, Matt, I guess, perfect, a little jug out like, for two <laughs> minutes. That's the perfect I mean, situation. That is, when Maric gets out to stretch the legs, exactly. And uh, Greenwood also came on. Get a, Greenwood is in... I mean, it's great that... Our, to be fair, a lot of our players are hitting form at the right time. I say right time. Yeah. We're not even in the title race or anything, but we are. Yeah. <laughs> for this Europa League campaign. For this big run And to be fair, for securing, what, top... Four, which we've pretty much secured now for securing that yeah. we've we've hit the form at the right time and our players have come and greenwood is what i can't I don't even know how many goals is this in how many games but he is looking lethal again and i know you would have enjoyed that goal especially oh, from that hugely. cavani pass as well oh the cavani pass was excellent i mean cavani was just feeling himself at that point and i think the whole team had just after the sort of fourth or fifth goal had gotten into that um kind of swagger territory we just know that you've mentally broken a team and defeated them over a two-leg tie within kind of 60 or 70 minutes and doing it from coming from a deficit, also tricky one for Roma to kind of deal with. Um, but I just love Greenwood. I think he's just exceptional. I'm so glad. And I actually am really positive about this way the season's gone because it was kind of um, a struggle at points, particularly on the goal score in front, even though I thought performances were just getting better and better and better. I thought his all-round games just, has just been getting better and better and better. But like last season, he's absolutely finishing this season on fire and again just looks like that kind of player where even if you give him half a chance in a in a in a situation where he necessarily shouldn't or isn't justified in getting a shot off or scoring a goal it will just happen anyway and this was kind of typical of that it wasn't it kind of a scuffed blocked finish that again just seemed to find the corner and you just you just kind of expect that that if he keeps being fed in that way he will absolutely keep scoring those goals and i think it's brilliant as you say to end the season on that kind of a run um, because if he had gone the whole season with uh, you know a goal drought essentially I think that would have been difficult but I'm not concerned about him being a patchy goal scorer I think it's just a, you know a, a first seat full season of men's football it's not the easiest thing in the world to um to, to do for anyone but yeah. I think like I think that's seven goals in European competitions which is the most of any um, English teenager ever I think even is though it? most most of the competition would have had them in More than Champions Rooney. League possibly I think so I think I saw that today yeah well, if um, it, if it's not, then, you know, tweet calm. He's the yeah, one who's coming exactly. out with these stats. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a great finish. I keep a, this one I thought was a bit unlucky because the shot took a tiny deflection which re- made the ball rise and he couldn't quite keep it out. So, whilst we, he's, our favorite, yeah. he's our favourite backup keeper is the Roma guy, but I thought I felt a bit unlucky on that one. And yeah, that was 6-2 and that's, that's tied on, really. I mean, it's difficult to see us losing, what, by four goals over at their place. Yeah, um, it's not happening. And in fact, it's actually brilliant because we can really go at Liverpool now and then rest yeah. players. I mean, I know Ollie doesn't like to rest players, but I, I was thinking like if this had been tight, do you start Cavani on Sunday and then again on Thursday? Maybe not. But I think now you can put that same team out again on Sunday and then see what happens next Thursday. You can bring a few players out and that's not a problem, I think. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. I think it'll be interesting to see how wrong we are when Ole does something completely different because that's usually how it goes. Um, he'll, I think he'll Dan James it against Liverpool and probably play the exact same team against Roma next week or something like that. But I, I agree with you. I think there's no reason. I think they should be buoyed by this performance. I think a few players, you know, got subbed in seventieth minute and you know a bit, a bit of a rest and all that kind of stuff. So I would, I would think. Pogba on the left again versus Liverpool we could absolutely see that yeah. I think um, we could see Cavani and Greenwood on the bench again I think that, that no one would really raise an eyebrow against that I think it would probably make sense because it's you know you're catching Liverpool at an odd time as well but I would just hope that that 
that kind of performance would would buoy us and and send us into that game in good form and and in high confidence because it's it's you know it's a funny game this one against Liverpool because they've obviously been so bad and we're relatively in, you know in pretty good form and yet I still expect them to kind of turn up for this game well yeah when I wouldn't ex- you know if they were playing West Brom I'd probably fancy West Brom to get a result you know what I mean because yeah. it's us I do think that we'll see. Um, a somewhat revitalised Liverpool, even though they have been so tragic lately. But it's just always fixed. You would go into expecting, fearing the worst, really, or anything like that, you know. But really, as the form team and and with how the season's gone, we should be going into it and expecting to, I think, you know, largely dominate that game and, and give a very good account of ourselves. So hopefully this um, route of Roma allows us to kind of do that and, and bring a bit of confidence into that game. Mm, I think, I wonder if Ollie might think about Trent Alexander Arnold and maybe putting Rashford on that side instead of Pogba just to get in behind a little bit more is what I'm maybe might change there. Um, the, the only thing with that is then are you saying that Pogba gets rested against yeah, Liverpool? Yeah, that's the thing. Because then... I don't think he plays him as six. You know, I don't think he plays just Pogba and Fred. I'd be very surprised if we didn't see McTominay and Fred or Matic and, or, you know, God, hopefully not Matic and, and Fred. He could go Matic and Pogba. He could go Matic and Pogba. But um, I think he'll that Liverpool midfield. I think he'll want to put Fred and McTominay in there. I can't see it not being Fred and McTominay. And then the only thing is they were quite them, so. poor today, so I don't yeah, know if that'll were. play into it at all. Um, although I don't know that Ole sees that. You know, he trusts them and obviously left them on, um, for certainly most of the ninety. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what way he goes because that's the thing with Pogba in this left wing. I understand exactly what you mean. I'd be very happy to see Rashford, Cavani, um. Greenwood is a front three. You know, I'd always be happy to see mm. that, but that then begs the question: What are you doing with Paul Pogba? He really has to be on the pitch, particularly against Liverpool. Yeah. Um. So it's just it's it's harder now to see him at six than it is at left wing. Yeah, I agree with that. I can't. I'd be surprised if he went into centre midfield in this game, but you never know with Oli. He could change it up. You never know. I I do suspect it'll be the exact same eleven. That's what my feeling is, and then we'll see a, a few changes, not loads of changes, but a few changes for the away leg against Roma. Um. That would be my inkling, but who knows? Um, but it's a big game, and like Colm said, Liverpool will definitely be up for it. You'd imagine, like, they have to obviously as well win for that top four place, which is quite open at the moment. Yeah. Um, with them, West Ham, West Ham, Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea, Leicester. So one of them's got to take it, and I mean, how many? I think we only need like. I think two more two, wins. Yeah, two more wins secures us. Yeah, Champions League uh, second place. I think is it or Ch- Champions League something like that. There's We're not a boat. Basically, if we mess up this league, we've had a real problem. But I can't see us doing it. Um, no. So yeah, and then we'll be back after that game. Um, I'm trying to think, if there's anything else to talk about? I think that's about it, really. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's good. Good night's work, and hopefully, I mean, I just hope the Liverpool game's a good game. It's such a a, a big tie. You know, it's such a big fixture every year even though they've been tragic this year but it would just mm. be icing on the cake stuff you know of a very good week to kind of uh deal them a blow in their hopes for top four and just kind of put a little um icing on the cake of them having an absolutely awful season i, I would really enjoy that <laughs> the one thing the one thing is it does feel nice to be in a position where liverpool beat us we're like ha who cares like exactly it doesn't matter that, yeah. it does, it's, it's been a long time since we've had that like well we're in second year down there yeah. where we'll finish and give a shit it is an absolute reversal of fortunes that I, for one, would not have predicted <laughs> at the start of the season or even uh, December, probably. Um, but it's it's not a bad place to be. I'm not unhappy about it, Imran. No. So what do you think the score's going to be? Uh, I think we will win 2-1. Mm, I think both managers will be happy with a draw. I, think they will, I, I think. could see a draw. 
I Klopp absolutely, seems I to be very sh- happy drawing with us. He he, he enjoys <laughs> yeah. drawing with us, does Klopp. I think he's yeah. fully on board with that. So I can see it being a, a nil-nil or a 1-1 or something like that. Um, yeah. it, I mean, they, we, they did come out to Old Trafford early in the FA Cup, which was a cracking game, that 3-2 game. It was a fantastic, one of the better games of this season. So I don't think we'll see something that open because this obviously isn't a cup tie. And I think a point does Liverpool quite well in the league. So that would be my guess. But I just don't know if it's because it's so near the end of the season. It's kind of like a free dig. I mean, Liverpool have had so many chances to... Well, there's some points where you think they're going to turn the season around, they're going to start to find form, and they really haven't. Um, it's been patchy the whole way through and up and down, a lot of shock results. So I, just, I think they're almost past the point of caring as a team, essentially. They just want the season over and done with. Um, and I think we'll go into it with the attitude of we don't even need you know, to stress about this, essentially. You know, it's not a must-win. It's not We don't need anything from this game. It's just literally playing for the sake of playing Liverpool and obviously we want to do well in the league. So that's the only thing that I think might contribute to being slightly more open, but I do sort of see where you're coming from. I mean, it's more often than not, United-Liverpool is a cage for. Yeah. So that'll do is we'll be back after that game, obviously with a podcast. Um, until then, you can always follow us on Twitter at United Hour, although I feel... Oh, actually, one thing to talk about, there is the, uh, the Twitter um, and social media embargo going on this weekend from all football teams and from the major broadcasters as well and it's a weird one like i don't obviously this isn't gonna make anything change straight away like no the, there's no way that everyone's gonna right that's it now this is good and people yeah, say yeah. It's, oh, it's, God. It's, maybe it's not enough but then again it is something it's um, something it's something it's not nothing and it because of this like it has been raised in i think it's been raised in parliament as well um, off the back of this sort of thing. So, yes, maybe it's not enough. Yes, maybe no, more needs to be done, but it's not nothing. No, it's not nothing. It is it is something, and it's kind of that, well, you hope it's that cumulative focus that kind of starts to make a, a, a snowball-type effect and, a, and more of an impact because this on its own, as you said, it achieves absolutely nothing. Probably most people will forget about it immediately after it happens. And indeed, the absence might not even be noted at all if it wasn't publicised, you know. Mm. Um, however, there's really, you know, the fact that people are engaged in trying things and, and ensuring that the conversation isn't just dropped and left as it has been previously, I think, where you have this token event or this token um, agency or this token slogan in football, and that's really all it ever is, is that there's now a continuous focus and actually specific activity, even if that activity isn't very dramatic. Um, but it's, as you say, it's better than nothing, definitely. It's um, worthwhile support. I mean, you have the likes of Henri and stuff leaving social media, which I think was a brilliant thing. And then people come on and say, well, you know, what does he think that's going to achieve? You know, he's just one person, essentially. But we can all only do those individual things and yeah. we can only do what's it's in our power to actually do an impact. And by taking that stance, I think it'll encourage others. And I certainly think it's um, worthwhile. So it's just one of those, you know, lots of little things that hopefully add up. Yeah, so we'll be partaking in that as well. We're not 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 that we're some beam off Huge. <laughs> uh, yeah. social media presence, but it, mean, it it does mean that Nick gets a, a weekend off. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, he follows on there and follows on our Instagram. Dave is doing wonderful stuff on our Instagram and always back us on our Patreon. Uh, doesn't cost much; it's like a pack quid a month, and uh, for that you get a bit of extra bonus content, you get to support us, which we really appreciate, and you always obviously get to join in on our match day conversations on the Discord, which. Uh, Nice and lively, and usually just me saying what is Fred doing, uh, and then yeah. praising Fred. Uh, also, Fred shot today, about five oh, out of ten. Bingo. Five out of yeah. ten on the on the, <laughs> on the Fred scale. You'd um, be worried if it didn't happen. Yeah. There was one in the first half where it opened up for him perfectly, and he passed, and I thought, oh, something's, something's going horribly wrong here. He was saving himself, that's what it was. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, 
Well, we'll catch you after Liverpool. Um, cheers, Colm. Cheerio. Uh, cheers, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.